Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading through the entire Bible together, out loud, chapter by chapter, continuing on through the book of First Samuel. Uh, and it's really, this is, a, we're getting into this story here. Now we finally have had David have to run away uh, for his life. Um, as he put it in the last chapter that we were taking a look at, there's just a step between me and death. Uh, so we, we have this situation here in 1 Samuel 20 where, uh, you know, he, he's pretty convinced that he's going to die. He goes to Jonathan uh, for safety, makes him promise to, to save him, and he does through some very clever stuff with um, arrows and uh, the, the retriever that he has. And so, yeah, so now here we are in 1 Samuel chapter 21, uh, David on the run. Um, and and we're, like we're going to see, this is where we get so many of these cool psalms. Uh, there's, there's so much about this. This has been going on for some time. David on the run uh, as, uh, as someone who, I mean, really, like, as, as an outlaw, as far as Saul has paid him out to be. Joining us today, we've got Pastor Ken Wagner, pastor at, uh, in, what is this, Mooresville, Indiana. Oh, yeah, Indiana. Uh, how are you yeah. doing, brother? Good morning. Well, good morning, AJ. It is an honor to be back with you. And uh, yes, you're correct, Mooresville, Indiana, but I am currently serving as a chaplain now in our local hospital. So I've retired from full-time pastoral ministry, but I have the wonderful privilege to walk around, greet people, pray with them, encourage them. And when the opportunity is right, I get to tell them about Jesus. Wow, that's that's tremendous work. And I'm thinking to myself... uh... (laughs) Especially right right now, um, are, are you actually um, in the hospital, able to to go there in person? Yes, yes, I am, and I would uh, I'd be honored to talk a little bit about it. But um, I would say to you, my friend, I have I have seen everything. We do have COVID nineteen patients here. Uh, normally, yeah. I do not go into the room unless there there is a special request. If if they want me to come in, then of course I have to take all the proper precautions. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in all those, um, the, the gown and then the double layer of masks, double gloves. Oh, uh, shield sure, and so yeah. it, it's, hard, uh, it's hard to communicate with people, yeah. but, but sometimes just the presence. Right. And I, yeah, I imagine just, just having another human being there. I mean, when there's just so much, well, I mean, I think everyone feels it in a, in a limited way, just the, the isolation and the, the separation. But then when you're there all by yourself in, a, in that hospital room, yeah, I imagine that just having another pair of eyes there must mean a lot. Right. That's, a, that's exactly right. And then to have somebody pray for you. And I've gotten to do that. I've seen um, patients pass away. Of course, all pastors do that. Uh, but uh, right. this, this context is a little bit a little bit different. Um, I, I get to work with with the nursing staff and the doctors. Um, they've been so gracious to me and so supportive. And, and we're a team effort. And I and I really appreciate that. I've been I've been very blessed. So uh, what a, what a joy for me. And I'm I'm so grateful to be with you again. Ah uh, yes yes. Well, it's it's good to have you back. And yeah, God bless your work there in the uh, hospital. Uh, you're looking at First uh, Samuel chapter 21. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, perhaps like uh, people who are feeling isolated or uh, cut off, 
Uh, I mean, David, in his own way, is going through that, right? I mean, actually, uh, when he goes to Ahimelech, you know, uh, he gets this uh, this question, why are you alone and no one with you, right? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, that, that's how David feels. He feels like he has been cut off, rejected, abandoned. Um, and, and it's just, when you think of King David, you just that's not the first thing that comes to mind, but this is a, a major part of, uh, I guess, like the journey that, that he takes. Yeah, exactly right. And I thought that was so appropriate. And you'll get a kick out of this because as a chaplain, I do get to go into every room. And a lot of times when I introduce myself, the first thing people will ask me, I mean, a number of patients have said, am I dying? And, you know, they, they feel oh. alone. They're, they're, they're frightened. And I assure yeah. them I'm not here on the medical side, just, just to see how they're doing spiritually. And uh, so, so the the idea of loneliness and and uh, yeah. actually it's kind of interesting because uh, Ahimelech actually trembles. It doesn't it say that in the text? He's he's, he's afraid. Right. So I, I have seen fear and I have I have known what it means for for people to be truly fearful of their of their future, but but yet I get the privilege to share that we have a loving God who has given us the fullness of his love in Jesus Christ. So that's a real blessing for me, but how appropriate this, this particular chapter for me, I'm grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, before we, we get too ahead of ourselves, brother, would you open us up with a prayer and then we'll go ahead and turn to the chapter. I would be honored to let's pray. Dear heavenly father, we give you thanks and praise for another day to live and to serve. We are your beloved creation and we are your beloved children, redeemed in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we come to you, Father, asking for your blessing on our hearing of your word. Continue to encourage us through it. Teach us, Father. Teach us what you would have us to know. And then always point us to our Savior, Jesus. We're trusting, Heavenly Father, that your word will bring us into a closer relationship with your great love revealed in our Lord Jesus. So thank you for this chapter, for the life of David, for all the saints of old. We are blessed, Father, to spend this time in your word. We give you all praise and glory. In the name of Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. Um, well, I mean, so I, I was kind of summarizing uh, the, the previous chapter, how it pertains to, to this little moment here. But uh, anything else that we ought to be keeping in mind from the context uh, or, or maybe just anything by way of um, explanation? Like I imagine that uh, most of everyone following along has forgotten who Ahimelech is. <laughs> uh, any, anything like that just to kind of help us understand the chapter a little bit better. Well, and I appreciated what you said earlier in terms of David and Jonathan. Um, I, I think sometimes what you said was, you know, we, we think of David as a great king and a wise king and, and a strong warrior and, and equipped with God. But there, there are times of, of deep vulnerability in David's life as well. And, and I'm, I don't want to dwell on those, but, but the Scripture puts them there, I, I think, as a way for us to enter into and to relate to, to David. Not, he's not just the high and mighty king of Israel, God's anointed. He is that. Don't get me wrong. But but he's right. also uh, a young man um, with in, in, in some serious circumstances and, and kind of making his way through life. I, I think that's a powerful, just in and of itself, is a, is a powerful 
reminder. I mean, it's kind of I see that all the time, brothers with brother with with uh, with our yeah. nurses and, and our doctors. You know, we're we're all trying to make our way through this. We don't we don't have all the answers. That's that's not how it works. For for um, for God's people, we we don't have all the answers, but you know we commend ourselves to our Father. We commit ourselves to His ways. We we trust and obey, as we we like to say. But but on the other hand, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think these this like this whole section of David's life reveals that even in spite of the uncertainty of of what the future would would bring, he commended himself to God. He trusted in the Lord. And and there were there were uh, folks around him who supported him, and I I think that's you know we'll we'll see that. But David was but also a, a wise individual, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that uh, as we as we get to the end of the chapter. Yeah, yeah certainly. Certainly, I think that that kind of sets us up um, thematically uh, for the chapter. Then, um, r- really briefly, uh, who is Himalek uh, though? Before we uh, read this chapter because I mean, this is going to be uh, pretty. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's interacting with Himalek pretty extensively right here. Yes, he he is the priest, and if I remember correctly, um, he was kind of uh, displaced, uh, uh, um, uh, given given all the turmoil of the time. But but he is he is functioning. He is serving as a as a priest of God, and and David recognizes that and. And uh, one wants to to honor that priestly office, if I remember correctly. And then, but of, but of course, um, an unannounced visit, um, as you know, I, I think that's probably the case with all of us. Uh, an unannounced visit by the, in this case, by the king's son-in-law, correct? Yeah, you know that it just raises, oh my my, what's going on? You know, and I don't want to be put into into a, an awkward spot where I have to choose between one or the other. So Ahimelech is also in a, a little bit of a precarious situation, seems to me. Right. Well, you know, I, I, th- I think that's helpful um, just to, to understand that, you know, he, he, is, a, he is a priest. Um, you know, I mean, it says, you know, priest and nob. So, I mean, there's there's been a few different priests that we've been introduced to um, in the story of First Samuel so far, and, and there, you know, there's kind of like these local priests in these various different cities, and so, uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, you know, he, he's availing himself of this priest that happens to be there, but like you said, it's just like, whoa, hang on, I didn't expect this, and I think there's some irony too uh, with what his name means, um, but uh, I, I think like, let's just hold, let's just hold on to that for just a second. We're gonna take a little bit of an early okay. break, really quick here. And we're, when we get back, we're just going to jump right into the chapter. So everybody hang on. We're looking at First Samuel chapter 21 on Nice Strong Word, and we'll be right back. we love our neighbor on the internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of the Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. 
The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable, biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most. Get your free issue at cph.org witness. That's cph.org witness. To the father with a $1.75 per hour minimum wage job in Guatemala, or for a mother combing through the rubble of their earthquake-stricken home in Chile, a Bible storybook for their children is an unimaginable luxury. Yet what child doesn't need to learn of Jesus in a language they can read and understand? You can help tell Spanish-speaking children everywhere about Jesus when you adopt the Lutheran Heritage Foundation's Juan 316 Mission Project, lhfmissions.org. Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO. I'm listening to you on my Kindle here in Great Falls, Virginia. I just want to thank you so much for the beautiful music, and I'm so thankful for you. God bless you and keep you in your good work. Thanks again. Bye-bye. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Song. Word. I'm sorry about the uh, the hiccup earlier, uh, but we're we're all plugged in and ready to go. And we're looking at First Samuel chapter 21. We're joined today by our guest uh, coming from Mooresville, Indiana. We've got, or yeah, that's right, Mooresville, Indiana. We, we've got Pastor Ken Wagner, who's serving as a chaplain at the hospital there. If you've got any questions or comments for us, please join the conversation if you're listening live. We've got uh, a couple options available. You can give us a call on the phone, 1-800-730-2727. You can also, if you're in St. Louis, give us a call, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or uh, I think we'll be able to get the live stream going soon, facebook.com slash AJ. Espinosa. Uh, so yes, we were just about to just go ahead and dive into the reading of this here. Uh, we've got First uh, Samuel chapter twenty-one. We we're just talking about um, who uh, Himelech is, just just a local priest. So uh, I, I do think I've seen some things that where, where people debate if maybe um, he's the same guy as uh, the the high priest that maybe was mentioned earlier. Um, which is kind of an interesting situation then um, if, if he is actually identical to one of the other people we've heard heard of so far. Um, but, it, I mean, it is just kind of uncertain. But the thing is, his name means my father is king, which is really ironic because David could say the same, but it doesn't benefit him any. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, so there's definitely some irony, uh, with this, with this visit, but, um, in any case, as you were saying, brother, it's, uh, just another, um, it's just this interesting picture here of where David really is the one who's asking for help. Um, and he's really the supplicant. It, it's not so much, you know, that he's, you know, strong and mighty here and he's going to get himself out of the jam. He really needs, um, God to do that for him. So, uh, here we are, let's go ahead and just read through the chapter here. We've got 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 21 in the English Standard Version. Then David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. 
And Himelech came to meet David trembling and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? And David said to Himelech the priest, The king has charged me with a matter and said to me, Let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever's here. And the priest answered David, I have no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread if the young men have kept themselves from women. And David answered the priest, Truly, women have been kept from us, as always, when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it's an ordinary journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? Mm. So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day when it's taken away. Now, a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doag the Edomite, the chief of Saul's herdsmen. Then David said to Ahimelech, Then have you not here a spear or a sword at hand? For I have brought neither to my neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is none but that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it to me. And David rose and fled that day from Saul, and went to Achish the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart, and was much afraid of Achish the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see, the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you've brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? So uh, <laughs> that little scene right there at the end is just uh, is, is one of my favorites. And you actually get that... Um, in a really interesting way, in one of the Psalms, we've, we've taken a look at that, actually. I think we've, that's one of the Psalms we've done on Nice Strong Word, where uh, it, it just actually, in the superscription, says it, it's from when, uh, you know, David you know, changed David. his appearance and pretended to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Fained, you know, that time. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. well, it, so, it, is, I mean, it is a remarkable story all the way around. Excuse me for the interruption. A remarkable you know, story, but um, it, it takes... You know, it, it it takes a little bit of of um, imagination to get to get into the emotional context of of this story as well. This isn't kind of like a standard description. It's it strikes me, but but there are um, there's a real emotional context playing out here on on just about everybody's part, including Akish, the king of Gath. And you know, it's like. What in the world is is going on here? Are you are you going to bring this this madman into my into my household, so to speak? Um, right. And so so there's a lot of a lot of uh, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is, but but it it's a it's a delicate situation that that requires some careful navigation. But but David, you know, David of course is in the center of it. And yeah. I think again, I'd like to affirm he's using his his God-given prerogatives. He knows 
He knows that the Lord is with him. He knows ultimately what God is going to achieve for him and accomplish through him. But yet at the same time, he's in this um, wilderness. He's in this um, interim before he knows, before he uh, becomes the rightful king over Israel. So he's got to take those those steps very carefully. And um, I think it's a it's a tribute to his trust in God, but but also to his his wisdom. Um, now Solomon, we we understand Solomon is the wisest king in in Israel. But I've got to give David. I think the gene pool went pretty good there is what i'm trying to say and 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 david david was a david was a wise man yeah. uh, not only in the presence of the lord but but also as he as he ruled israel as well and, and since he makes his way through this difficult time uh you know certainly i mean these uh i, I mean i mean david is is shown to be just i mean truly unique and 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 i think that 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 part of that i mean just is even uh well, I mean, the sword is really interesting, right? I mean, here he goes, yes. and he's just going to be wielding the sword of Goliath, right? Yes. Um, which is yes. just fascinating because it's like, in some ways, it's, I mean, he's the only one who really should be because he's the one who defeated him, right? Um, he's exactly. the only one who really has the right to be, you know, just carrying this thing around like it's just, you know, like his, you know, ordinary traveling weapon. Um Right. But like some of these details, you know, like that, like the sword of Goliath or I, I for me, this is one that I have spent some time puzzling about the the five loaves of the bread of presence. I mean, yes, th- this becomes huge. The Lord Jesus goes and cites this as a really yep. big example of, um, you know, how, how the holy things even can end up serving the, the, the purposes of just, you know, feeding your feeding yourself and your troops. And so yeah, um, exactly. th- this is just really interesting how David just becomes very unique here. Uh, the only one who wields the sword, the only one who's ever recorded is just going and just taking the bread of presence and just eating it because he was hungry. I mean, this is just such a, a unique situation for, as you were saying, um, just who—I mean, he stands out as a very unique person in this way. Absolutely, and of course you can see, we can see— um, the preview of the authority, uh, as well as the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I, you know, I really mean that. Um, Jesus, Jesus has all authority. You know, we always we always say, and I think a lot of people get get confused. Um, Jesus didn't give up his divine authority while on earth. You know, that that's not what we what we teach. We we always say that he he chose at certain times not to to fully and exclusively used his divine powers. But on the other right. hand, he still retains all authority, all authority. And and this is one of those previews. And of course it it gives me a picture of of David as a as a prototype or uh, whatever you want to call him, a type of of Jesus, the Lord Jesus himself. But then of course someone it, it, this is uh Jesus is David's greater son. So it all it all kind of fits together, brother, and and the story. I mean, would, even what you mentioned that that the Lord he he, um, he uses this, he draws on this uh, example from Scripture, from from sacred Scripture, as he needs to teach those who question his ministry, his mission, and I think ultimately his authority. Well, no, that's that's right. Well, and it's it's kind of fascinating too that the Lord would draw on this story as 
an example, <laughs> right, as like right. exemplary behavior or something like that to compare uh, to himself when, I mean, let's, I mean, we've had this before and here we're, we're confronting it again. It seems like David's just lying, right? And this this is not the first time that it seems like somebody has, uh, I you know, been a little discreet at the very least. I mean, let's just kind of go mm -hmm. back and try to take a look at that, see what we make of it. So um, we already mentioned you know, Ahimelech, that is, is he the, you know, the, the high priest that was mentioned earlier? Is he someone else? What the, we might revisit this, actually. Um, but so yep. they have this this conversation, and, you know, as you were saying, Ahimelech's scared at first. Uh, well, maybe we'll just start there. Why, why would he be scared to meet David? Um, and when he said, you know, why are you alone and no one with you? I mean, like, it's, it's interesting because it seems clear that he's not alone uh, because they start yep. talking about food for his men. So what's he getting at and why is that scary for Ahimelech? I would think two things. First of all, it, it's not an official visit. Saul is still, of course, the king at this particular time. And uh, there's probably none of none of the trapping, so to speak, the, the presence of, of Saul involved in this. David has his own men. So Ahimelech has to know that it's it's not it's not an official visit from from the king, but Yet at the same time, uh, he he wasn't warned about it, so to speak. He he didn't. I mean, I, I would I would have suspect there would have been an entourage, or you know, maybe like uh, the president does. You you send your your uh, whatever whatever the term is, the 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 advance um, guard, so to speak, to right, yeah, make make sure everything is safe. And so there's nothing there's nothing like this. And then of course David says to Ahimelech that. Uh, you know, and yeah, I, I guess, yes, we have to, to say David, David uses the truth for his own purposes at this point. Uh, the king has charged me with a matter and said to me, let no, let no one any, uh, know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. And I, those are in quotes. If you look, uh, if our listeners will look in the scripture, that's, that's in quotes. So David is, is kind of, um, speaking on behalf of the king here, right. um, and I don't know, I don't know, brother. It it's kind of true, but but, but there's an <laughs> yeah. element. I, you know, it, it it's sort of like um, you know, if if I were to have the authority of of my wife, my wife has sent me out to get this, but but I am I am picking up the items at the store, the grocery store right. that I want as well. So I'm on this mission. Um, yeah. But but it's it's straight. I know that may sound a little bit uh, silly, but but David David chooses his words very carefully because he does he does need that sustenance for himself and and for his men. So and and I would suspect uh, just the just the very presence of of David at this particular time. There, I'm sure the stories went went across the land, and um, there's there's been some. Right. Antagonism, some you know between between Saul and well, David, and those those stories go out. I mean, back well, in this kind yeah. of a culture, they yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a really good point. You you wonder to what extent this information has already begun to become public, right? To to what extent uh, people people already realize 
that there's there's bad blood between the two of them. I, I mean, yeah, we're reminded of uh, when when Samuel, you know, said what he said to to Saul, and then he left. Um, and he went down to uh, to Bethlehem, and the, the elders came out trembling and asked, "Do you come in peace?" Right. So, yes, yes. you know, was that because they they knew about what he said against Saul, and so maybe people are similarly here, like you know, reacting, like, "Hey, is there something between you and Saul?" That's possible. Um, I think, though, that given that David's willing to invoke the king as like his source of authority, right? The king has charged me with a matter, and he says, "Let no one know about it." Um, I, I think what's what's more likely in this case is like you were saying initially that I, I think I like the idea that it's like this is an unannounced <laughs> visit, and when you have mm-hmm. soldiers coming unannounced, that's just scary all by itself, right? Like you you would send yeah. a messenger. Ahead, if it were actually an official delegation, if it were actually something that came from the king, the king would have sent them notice. But if they're just showing up here, right, these soldiers, the, the first thing that goes through your mind is, "Uh oh, this isn't good." Um, so I, I think exactly. it's a, yeah. No, I, th- I think I think that's right. Um, that that's what we have going on here, and and so you know, David, he, <laughs> I mean. You could say that the king charged him with a matter. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, uh, but, you know, it, um, it, it's kind of interesting, too, um, what, what he says there in, in verse 2. I've made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so hard to read out loud um, when you're doing this in English, because I think that this isn't meant to be a direct quote. Like, like this is kind of like a summary of what he said yeah. to the man. Where he's like, something along the lines, if I were just kind of just paraphrase freely. So David goes up to the guy and he's like, yeah, so, you know, the king told me about, I, I got to do this and I got to do it secretly. And he was like, I got to go to this place and I got to get this done. And like in that kind of summary kind of way, very, very oral, uh, almost, I mean, casual in, in the way it's just a very natural storytelling technique. So like, I, I don't think we can like, just pin everything on every single word here and say, well, was he technically telling the truth or was he technically lying or something yeah. like this? But, yes. but that, that the right. bottom line is he's trying to say, Oh no, uh, don't, don't be scared. We're not here to attack you. Uh, the King sent me in fact, and just no one knows about it. And, yeah. and, uh, and I, I think t- I've made all these other arrangements, so to speak. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's actually a, <clears throat> to your point, on a certain level, this is true. <laughs> I mean, the king has effectively forced him to go uh, to yeah. Nob, right? Because he's driven yeah. him from his presence by throwing right. spears right. at him, like, you know, three, four times now. Um, and it's true that no one knows yeah. about this. So, <laughs> I mean, like, on, on a certain level, I, I think that that's really what's going on. Like, you know, I think that you can totally, I think it's fair to say, like, no, this still seems like a lie. Okay, fine. But I think that the narrative technique, the storytelling technique, is not trying to like say that, oh, look at how David's a liar, but rather that yeah. this is this is this is the great irony of what's going on that no one gets that he um in some sense really has been sent from the king and just no one understands it, which then I think makes a very interesting connection to the Lord Jesus when he compares himself to David, because no one knows just how he really has been sent from the Father, and right, they don't really right. know the nature of the mission that he's been sent on. Right. Exactly right. I mean, I mean that, again, that, 
that's the beautiful connection between the two lives. But but the Lord fulfills and uh, embodies all all of those, you know, the the storylines of of David all all the way in so many rich and wonderful ways. And I don't think I've even begun to scratch the surface on on all of that. But but we do know, of course, that that Jesus is is the son of David. I mean, that that's like that that very title, uh, that acclamation on the part of the people, uh, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. I think I think there were certain things that they could understand and and uh, understand the the connections, but but there were a lot of deeper things that I mean, frankly, I I'm sure that I do not fully comprehend and will only understand that in eternity. Uh, oh yeah, no, I mean there there's there is just a lot of I, I mean. It is just fascinating how it just seems like every time I have the same experience, every time I read over the stories of, of David or just in the Old Testament in general, just the ways that you just see, see things mm-hmm. pop out and there's just more connections than you could ever, you know, list. Um, yeah, but, exactly. exactly. So, so, then, so then speaking of these connections, I, I think then we really got to turn now to this one here. So, okay— uh, Oh, he buys it, or he's at least going along with it anyway. Um, I mean, like you know, a bunch of you know soldiers show up at your door. They have a bat. Like their their story doesn't sound very plausible, but they're asking for food. You probably just give it to them anyway. Um, but so he asks for these five loaves of bread, and he says it's the holy bread. And we get this explanation that it's the bread of presence, and we're told also that, okay, this is where they're storing Goliath's sword, and it says the ephod is there. All this stuff sounds a lot like, actually, uh, I mean, the stuff that would be at the tabernacle, and the yeah. stuff that you have to be with the high priest. And, and so th- th- this is then the tension, because, you know, the way this is introduced, we I, I think, like we were saying, it totally sounds like Okay, he's just going to to Nob, uh, to Ahimelech. He's just going to like the local priest, but but then when you start looking at this stuff and you say, well, wait a second, this sounds this sounds like we're talking about the tabernacle. Um, and then one of our uh, listeners who's following along on Facebook pointed out, um, and this is what I was referencing actually about uh, the, the similarity and what some scholars say. We're, we're told earlier about Abimelech, right? Um, who yes. it, it seems is implicitly the the high priest what what we're told and and so when you when you have that abimelech ahimelech okay first of all yeah just the you know it's like the names um that they sound a lot alike but then on top of that they kind of actually just mean the same thing because abimelech is you know my father is king ahimelech would just be really my my male relative is king which could very Mm -hmm. much include father so I mean, we so we so we got to revisit this then, right? Like, what what does it mean that this is the bread of presence? Yes, and 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 I will uh, defer to you on this one, brother. But but this this is a um, this is a sign of the of the, obviously the presence of the Lord that God is with His people. Now, this is before before the temple, and and so um, obviously Solomon is well after this, but. But it, it's a. I, I always like to put it in terms of this. This is like the place where God has come, has promised to be with His people, and you know we can we can start. We'll, we'll go down that route, that route in terms of 
you know, the the very presence, we, we say the very presence, the real presence of, of the Lord Jesus in the bread and the wine. But but uh, in Old Testament, in this Old Testament context here, this is where this is where God has promised to be with his people. And and so I, I think where you're gonna go with that too is that David it was a it was a conscious decision, wasn't it, on David's part to go to to where God had promised to be. And then of course all these other details unfold. Pick it up, please. Uh yeah, yeah, no. So, you know, so th- th- this is really interesting then. So we, you have what what seems to be, you know, maybe these uh these five loaves, uh, like the five loaves of of the the holy bread, the, the show bread. And we we know from uh for instance like Exodus and and Numbers, Leviticus that there were 12 of these loaves. Um, you know, 12 being the number of God's people. And so then very interesting that there are apparently these five. Um, we, we know that when, the, when the, the loaves were old, the priests were able to eat them. So apparently there's—so there's, mm-hmm. th- th- this seems to suggest that seven have been eaten and five remain. And so he, he goes and he takes these, these five loaves to, to feed, uh, you know, his, his men— which I mean, this this I just think is really really suggestive. Uh, this is the second time in connection with David we've had five come up. We had it come up actually. You know, this is a you know Goliath is mentioned in this chapter. Well, when he killed Goliath, it says he took five smooth stones. So okay, yeah. there there's the number five associated with David and Goliath twice. So already that's just kind of like raises an eyebrow, I think. Um, but then, yeah, the Lord Jesus, we're going to have this recorded in the in the Gospels, on one occasion is going to take five loaves of bread and feed the people. And then we're going to yes. be told also by the evangelist on another occasion, he's going to take seven loaves of bread and feed the people, which would be the other uh, amount, would be the difference of five from the 12. So, I mean, it's it's just when you when you when you look at those details, you just think to yourself, Okay, is is there something going on here? Uh, you know, wh- wh- where where the Lord is is being very intentional with this connection to David, the Ark, uh, conquering uh, the enemies of God. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm tracking you a hundred hundred percent all the way around too, and um, you know I I and again. Sometimes I, I use my imagination. Maybe it goes a little bit too far, but but what you had said about the the very sort of Goliath there to yeah. um, only David and I would I would argue you know I kind of you know kind of pictures to me who else would have had the nerve to have to have taken that when you didn't when you didn't defeat um, when you didn't defeat defeat the Philistine giant. Uh, who else would have had the the gall or the presumption to take that except for the one to whom it rightly belongs? And I mean, it, you can, I, I always like to go in that direction. And, you know, I always think, who who has the right to open the scroll? Who has the right to, to take uh, the keys, so to speak? Who has the right to uh, take the sword, so to speak, which is the, the word of God? Well, of course, it's the Lord Jesus because he's the one who's paid the price and then, of course, conquered the foes, conquered the enemies, 
that stood against us. And so, you know, you can you can go in all sorts of different directions. Um, and I, I think it's so fascinating, and I'll I'll say it one more time that um, we have these stories, and if you just linger on it and perhaps slow down the the reading and um, just just the fact that I, I would argue, and I think I think this would be fair, is that David was intentional in going there. Um, and maybe there were other other places where he could have, and then but he also has the the authority. He knows that he's on a, on on the Lord's mission to ask. And I, if I, I don't know if we said it in particular, um, David says, this, these are David's words, verse three, now then, what do you have on hand? Yeah. Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is, whatever is. Yeah, no, that's true. Answers. But so, so David has, it's not, um, I, I guess I see a sense of, of um, divine purpose and uh, authority, not entitlement, but authority uh, on behalf of his own, his own chosen identity, and of course, then you go. Then I always go to the Lord Jesus. One of the things that I I'm always when I read the Gospels, brother, and and I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be blunt with you right here. I'm I'm more on the timid side. You know, I kind of I'm I can be cautious and look around and make sure that I got everything in in uh, in order and so on and and don't. Sure. Don't rock the boat and all that kind of stuff, but 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 you see the Lord Jesus kind of marching directly in, into whatever I was I was reading on on the Decapolis, you know when when he crosses the the lake and he goes to the Decapolis. I mean, let me be blunt. I would never have done that. I would have yeah. said, why don't we why don't we send some others over there? And yeah. but but you know, see that's his that's his mission. That's his divine authority, and I I think David previews that for me how does that sound i i think there's really something about this i mean the the boldness i I mean i think that when the lord brings us up in in the gospels i mean he is talking about this well i mean it is definitely in the context of of boldness right because he's boldly saying well guys you know uh this doesn't really apply to me or like actually you know i have the authority to say i don't have to follow this sabbath regulation right i mean so um, I mean, I mean, there there is this boldness there. I mean, and and it's a boldness too. What's interesting, I think, in both situations, like of necessity, right? Like where, like yeah. uh, for instance, the 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 disciples are like plucking the grain uh, on the Sabbath. It's it, it, they're right. not doing that because they're like, eh, it'd be a nice snack. Why not? Right, right. Like, but but because oh, well, probably they're following them around. And they don't have anything else to eat, and so right. um, and there, there's there's this there's there's this boldness of necessity. And I, and I think that that is a, a big theme, right? Um, and, and I think it's to what you were saying too. That like I don't think this is saying, you know, Christians are supposed to just be like we're just we're just bold and we're just we're just going around like you know head held high, chest sticking way out, and we're just like everything we do, it's just like we're doing it like James Bond or something. No, right. but but like what Luther talked about that when there is a need, when our neighbors have need, that's where love is bold. That's where love yeah. says, you know what, I I might have to grab the very loaves of the bread of presence. I might have to go and uh, you know go go find the high priest and get this guy to cooperate and give me the sword of gold. I mean, like, like whatever it is, it's like you know, love says, you know what, there's <laughs> there's a greater need here, and and there's where the boldness comes from. It's not something that it's just right. always bold, but it, it's that it's that response that says. 
you know, I'll, I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally go over here, but because my, my brother, because my neighbor needs this, I'm going to do it. And it's not a presumptuous boldness. Right. Um, it is, it, it is, it is a boldness um, rooted in, uh, prompted by faith, uh, trust. And then of course the, the expression goes to the, to the neighbor, but ultimately brother, I, and I think, I know you'd agree it, it is, it is deeply grounded in the conviction that we have a God who saves us. And in spite of our, you know, our, our mistakes and our, uh, profound failings, we, we recognize that we have forgiveness with our father. And, and that, that kind of, I mean, I think I, w- I would like to say that, to my mind, that's the Apostle Paul as well. You know, there was a there was a holy boldness, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, um, that that he would he would step out, and you know, when the when the time when it was necessary, you know, to confront a Peter, uh, for example, I'm thinking of Galatians right there, or uh, to to go into uh, synagogues with with a with a confidence when he knows when, i would suspect he knew what the outcome was going to be right yeah you know i think i think you're you're spot on i mean you see that with paul there there is there's absolutely this boldness well and it's actually kind of interesting too i mean because paul himself seems to suggest in his letters with the corinthians that he himself is maybe not the most impressive or intimidating figure in person yeah right that like when he shows up it's not like everyone's like oh wow you know this guy but but that really compared to other people, he's maybe not so impressive. But that that there is this kind of boldness where he can, you know, for example, send this letter to Rome where nobody even knows him there. <laughs> and he's like, Hey guys, I'm an apostle. You need to submit to my authority because I come in the name of Jesus Christ and I'm gonna tell you exactly how this goes, despite the other things you may have heard. I mean, there there is just this like I mean, he's maybe not naturally this bold, but um impressive right 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 yeah no but 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 yeah but it it, it there's a boldness that, that 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 comes upon him from from the spirit i mean well getting back to this idea of the of the spirit rushing upon david well uh, i mean I, I think a lot more could be said about this with like the bread of presence and th- this connection about i mean the high priest right and and the king uh roles here and the, and the champion who defeats god's people all these roles kind of like intersecting right here um, and then the Lord yes. Jesus later yeah. just deliberately yeah. invoking this. I, I mean, I mean, just not right. to belabor it, but just like, you know, briefly, lest anyone think it's like, okay, we're just kind of like connecting all the numbers, like some kind of, you know, crazy Bible code. I mean, the Lord Jesus himself, like in chapter eight, like, you know, in, in, in review, like he's like, you know, well, uh, you know, how many loaves uh, are here? And then like later when he talks to the disciples, he's like, no, hang on guys. How many loaves were there the first time? Five. How many the second time? Seven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like so. He's he's actually drawing out the numbers, right? Like it's, this isn't just yeah. uh, we're just like seeing things. But um, okay, so last bit in the chapter, the the, the thing yeah. about him pretending to go crazy. So this is another case where we're going to say that David's using discretion, and there's irony at least. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm with you, and that's um, <laughs> yeah. discretion. Yeah, right. There, there, yeah, that's of, right. Kind That's of right. wisdom under the circumstances, and and could I could I put that out? Um, you know, I keep coming back. We keep we keep coming back to um, how Jesus um, not he not, not simply fulfills David, but but embodies him, and 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 more than that, I'm not sure I can 
articulated clearly. But but there there are there are those beautiful passages, you know, in terms of when you're going out, he's he's commissioning yeah. the disciples. When you're going out, you know, you have to be you have to be innocent as doves and and wise as serpents. Isn't that the translation? Uh, that's right. Yeah. No. He 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 um, commends wisdom to them, and um, I mean m- more than that. Um, I mean, like you actually see in in the Gospels how Jesus's family thinks he's crazy. I mean, like it actually it actually says that. Um, mm-hmm. More more than that. Um, I mean, he is going around all of uh, Judea. Um, Without, I mean, kind of like as an itinerant prophet, there were people who actually, I mean, we don't, we don't appreciate this all the time, but when they said you're a Samaritan and you have a demon, that was pretty much their equivalent of you're stark raving mad. I, right. I mean, I mean, you know, when you, like they say you have a demon, right? Um, you know, for instance, like when he, when he heals uh, the, uh, the, the garrison demoniac, right? Every, everyone is scared when they see this guy sitting down calmly in his right mind, right? So mind, the, op- right. the opposite of sanity is having a demon in this culture. So everyone's going yep. around saying he has a demon. So everyone thinks he's crazy. So, I mean, this is a really, really kind of, uh, I was about to say crazy in, in the other sense of the word, crazy connection mm-hmm. here between uh, David and the, and the Lord Jesus, David. where and he's he, perceived right. to be crazy, but he's doing it because he's got... Um, you know, bigger fish to fry. He, he's got, he's got, he's got a mission here. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. I'm, I'm right with you. I was, um, so again, on on there, there's a positive dimension, and you might say the, uh, I don't know if it's negative, but it, it uh, really has to do with the feigning, and and the accusation. The accusation is the key right there, right. on the part of uh, Akish. You know, this this man is crazy, and of course, that's what Jesus. I mean. Not only his family, but many times, many times, I would argue, he was accused of being uh, crazy or in league with Satan. But, but uh, Dave, for David's part, you know, if it's a if it's a conscious decision, which it was, to feign this, I keep coming back. Um, you know, even Christians. I mean, we're, we're talking about today. There, there is a need for discernment, a little bit of wisdom in circumstances yeah. and so on. I'm not. I'm not saying we're supposed to feign, you know, insanity. We're supposed to appear to be insane, no. but at the same time, there, there's a need for us to be wise. That's right. Well, it's team. like you, it's like you were saying earlier, though. I mean, it's it's about love. It says um, and, and elsewhere in Paul, you know, the Lord Jesus, He comes in the form of, in the appearance of a servant, and that can seem crazy to the world, but that's the kind of crazy love that God has shown us in His Son Jesus. Amen, Thank brother. You. Well said. Thank you so much, brother. All out of time. So many good things. But uh, God bless you and your ministry there at the hospital. Such good work. Uh, and You've look forward to hearing from you again soon. My strong word. Produced by the Lutheran Church. Everybody, Pastor Ken Wagner, Mooresville, Indiana, uh, chaplain at the hospital there. Going on to Chapter 22. Till then, I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. Peace. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.